My name is Phoebe Dubar, also known as IKSRE. I'm a vocalist, viola player, music producer, certified practicing sound healer, and card-carrying audiophile who experiences the world through her ears. And over the coming weeks, we're diving deep into the topic closest to my heart, sound. What is it and why it makes us feel the way that it does? We speak to experts and I'll even treat you to a few sound healing practices along the way. Welcome to What is Sound? Recorded on the stolen lands of the Bunurong and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation. Always was, always will be. Music and rhythm find their way into the secret places of the soul. Plato. So today it is my absolute privilege to chat with one of my favourite human beings. She's a staple curator for years in the Melbourne community radio scene. She hosted PBS's wonderful Opalakia show for years, sharing dance-inflected world music with eager listeners. Her unstoppable energy is evident in person when she brings these sounds to her DJ sets at festivals and venues across the country and abroad. She's also a certified life coach, aspiring motivational speaker who has studied science as an academic level for over a decade and is here to help guide people towards an authentic life where they can live their purpose and live up to their potential. You are bloody amazing, lady. I've just got to say that right here. Wow. <laughs> I, was gonna... I like this CV of mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting one. It really goes from one side of the spectrum to the other because you've got science and then you've got your arts, you know, which a lot of the time people love to separate, but I'm all about merging them. Exactly, kids. Stay in science and in music classes. Do them both. You can have it all. (laughs) So who are we speaking to? You can have it all. Who is this voice? Who are we speaking to? Listen, if you don't know this voice and you have been (laughs) not listening to PBS or film, I'll tell you that much. This is the one and only Adriana. There's only one, okay? There is only one. I was actually, it was funny, I was talking because... I have known you for years and years and I was trying, I was mentioning you to someone yesterday saying we were doing this interview and it took me, I was like, oh my God, what's her surname? What is her surname? She's a personal friend and I can't think. And it took me like a few minutes and then I was like, my God, she's just like become Madonna to me now. She's just Adriana. That's it, Madonna or Cher. All you need is the one, the one name. But when I started the new Instagram page Mm -hmm. for life coaching, for self-help, I thought, oh, my gosh, what do I call this? Like, do I reveal my full name? Because I got (gasps) so comfortable just being Adriana. And in a way I thought, oh, I kind of (laughs) like the privacy of, like, no one knowing my full name. Mm. But then I thought, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? It's who I am. (laughs) Like, there's so many famous people out there with their full names. So what's the worst that can happen? Just reveal it. So, Adriana, the one and only... A question that I ask everybody that I've had on this show so far, what is sound? Ooh, oh, my gosh. That's a big question. Mm-hmm. What is sound? Sound to me is anything that you can hear. And so that goes for your external reality as well as the thoughts within your internal reality. Sound is such a personal thing, isn't it? Which is probably Mm. why you ask this question. Exactly. I mean, if I'm thinking of it from a science point of view, it's a vibration Mm. and it holds a certain vibration. And then that vibration can obviously change and it can go higher or lower and that can affect our mood and the way we experience it. But I don't know why I thought to myself, sound also includes the monologue, the internal monologue that we have within us. Yeah. I think, I think for me, I want to say that because I learn through sound and I relate to sound so much that even when I'm visualizing, for example, the only time I really connect to the story that I'm using my vision to create is when I inject sound into it. Mm. So when I add people's voices or I add music and all the rest of that 
that's when I really feel like I'm connecting to this vision or story within my mind. Mm. So sound can be explored, yes, through our external reality, but also through our memory and also through our imagination. So that is my answer. That is an amazing answer. And I love that reference to the internal monologue too, because everybody has that all of the time. Sometimes it's saying good stuff. Sometimes it's saying not so good stuff. It's just that constant stream that's there all the time, that silent, silent sound within us. You know what, Phoebe, apparently not everyone hears their voice in their mind. Like they have the thought, but they don't have the voice attached. How that works, I do not know because I'm not one of those people. But supposedly it's not a universal thing. So I think that's even more curious, to be honest with you. Yeah, that is really interesting. I I mean, let's look up that research, but this is what I've heard. Mm, I love it. I love it. So I love that you referenced the idea of there being that connection to history and connection and stuff. I think that I'm jumping ahead in terms of my questions, but it's such a great segue into what I really wanted to drill down with with you, which is that connection. So you come from a Greek heritage. Um, I'll let you go into detail more about how that sort of, you know, were you born in Australia and blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. But you really embody that in your music in particular, the music that you play and that connection to your Greek heritage, which I assume therefore brings up family and early memories, all that kind of stuff. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, bang on. I think um, there's so many beautiful cultures around the world where music is so much a part of their culture and um, is a way people connect and people relate and um, and stories are told through that. And that's definitely the case when it comes to Greece and their people. And so growing up in a family that is Greek on both sides, so Dad was born in Greece. Mum was born here, so she's first gen. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we really hold on to the culture and the traditions. So every family function had music on in the background. You know, there's so much dance that's incorporated. Um, I even went to Greek dancing lessons that my dad used to teach mm. after Greek school. So it's like I would spend however many hours, six hours learning the language And then I would spend another hour dancing as well. So half of my Saturdays, up until year 12, I was doing all of this because it was just so important for my family and I to hold on to the language, to hold on to the traditions and the culture and all of that. Mm. And at the time, (laughs) I mean, what kid wants to go to Greek school on a Saturday when Disney is on, right? Like I was missing out on Winnie the Pooh and all of my favourite shows, but it started off with my family wanting me to go and then eventually it was something that I wanted to continue Mm -hmm. and complete and say, yes, all these hours that I've committed to this is just worth it. And it, it is worth it because now I speak fluent Greek and I can read and I can write. And so when I go back to the motherland, It isn't a struggle. It's something that feels intrinsic to me. It's something that I'm still connecting to. With that said, I still feel the separation and I still feel like I'm a Greek Australian because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I didn't grow up in Greece. And so to a point, I'm still a foreigner. But music has definitely created that bridge between Australia and Greece. And so for me, I felt like it was just so important in a city where We are the third most densely populated Greeks out there in the world that we continue that identity within Australia and that we continue the culture and the traditions. And so I felt like as a young young Greek Australian, it was my duty to bring that in a way that was accessible to anybody, not just Greek people. That is where I want to separate myself from all the other people who are doing it out there. And God bless them. They're doing amazing work. But for me, I want anyone to be able to jump in and do the Zoba or listen to some Greek Tifteteli ballet dance and think, oh, this is cool. And so I've done that through my radio show, Opalakia, 
And I've done it through my events faster, which always has a traditional Greek element to it. So we've broken plates. <laughs> we have broken eggs on Greek Easter. I've had a bouzouki player. I've had Greek catering. So I'm, it's always evolving, always changing. Um, but what's interesting, Phoebe, is the further down the track I go with my own spiritual development, the less I'm identifying as Greek, so mm. to speak. It's like, oh, I, yes, this is my background, but it's not who I am. I am a spirit first and foremost. And those things might be a part of my identity mm. on that level, but I'm so much more than that. And so I feel like even the trajectory of my life is going down is kind of steering away from needing so much to bring the Greek to the people. And now it's about, well, how can we as people connect through our spiritual and consciousness connections that we have mm. that go beyond that identity? And now let's go to the spiritual realm. So that's where I find myself gravitating towards at the moment. Mm, that's but amazing. I had to go through that journey, right? That's all a part of the human experience and you're going one step at a time. And my culture has really shaped who I am on a very deep and personal level. Um, but now that next step is going beyond the identity and going into the spirit. And do you think maybe that has allowed you to connect with so many other people through that surface layer of the, you know, the Greek music and the Greek cultural things and the events and the plate smashing and the actually connecting with people in that regard so that you can then move on to, you know, that that extra layer, I guess. So well put because, I mean, those things, I guess, are novelties for some people and it's exciting and mm. so you're creating a space where people can come in and explore and feel like, oh, I can connect to other people's history and their families, and, and that is bridging all of us together. Um, at the same time, naturally our spirits are connecting as well mm. and building that rapport through my events and through my show is what's allowed me to then take it to that more esoteric uh, level where those who are ready for it are able to come with me as well. Mm-hmm. So something that came up going back to the the whole idea of sound and spirit, um, I was talking with uh, a couple of episodes ago, talking with um, Tony, the head of the Sound Healing Academy, and something that he said was the idea that um, silence, so taking it a completely different direction, is um, silence is the sound of spirit. Oh, so there you go. That's you could be the first silent <laughs> DJ. You could just have events where people come in and you'll just be like, right, everyone. <laughs> That is, I'm so curious about that. So, mm. so silence is really when, you, you know what? I agree with that because we need a stillness and we need to create space in order for us to connect mm. to ourselves and to consciousness. And sometimes when we're bombarded with all of these stimuli, including sound, whether it be just even a car driving down the road, mm. that is disconnecting us. And so it's really important to make that conscious effort to have that silence and to hear that monologue, that internal voice, and to hear the downloads that we are receiving from spirit. Exactly. Itself. Exactly. That space, that space, it's so important and so, so key. And, you know, I teach that as part of my workshops. I always say to people, it's so important to have those, even just a couple of moments of silence during the day where you don't have you know, a podcast or the TV or, you know, radio or anything on, all those things are wonderful. But, you know, just a couple of moments where you can actually be just silent and be exactly be with your thoughts. Back to the internal monologue. <laughs> That's it. Well, a lot of us have become very uncomfortable with being with ourselves. We don't have that relationship with ourselves. We don't even know what we like, don't like, how we feel, what we want, mm. because we aren't creating that space because it's uncomfortable. It means we have to face what's really coming up, sit with the emotions, yeah. whatever they might be. And so it's much easier to distract ourselves than to actually sit with those things, which might be a little uncomfortable for us. And there but are- the more we sit, the less they are, the less, the less um, volatile they'll become later down the track. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. There are so many distractions as well too. Like everything, the world is just full of distractions. So it is so easy to be distracted 99% of the time. Well, that's right. It's also designed that way too, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a really cool tangent. I was not expecting <laughs> not expecting <laughs> us to dive in that deep that quickly. I'm like far out. We're on the 10-minute mark or something and we've already gone like, woo. <laughs> Hey, that's what you get when you ask uh, the one and only Adriana. The one and only Adriana. I mean, there was an Adriana when I was little. There was, of course, Adriana Xenides. Is that how you pronounced her name? Yes, and that is actually who I'm named after. Oh, my God, that is divine. She was, I mean, she was the icon during the (laughs) 80s and, you know, early 90s. She was, was it Wheel of Fortune? She was the, yeah. That's right. She was Such a babe. She was. She was the one that turned turned all the letters and, yeah. Oh, that's divine. So your parents just love her and go, that's. (laughs) (laughs) Well, traditionally you name your kids after your parents, but uh, my dad's mum has the same name as my mum. So we couldn't, I couldn't be named my mum's name, right? Yeah. So then it was like, well, do we name her after my mum's mum? But my dad didn't like the name. So they were like, all right, oh, we've got to come up with something. And then one day mum was watching Wheel of Fortune hmm. and she was like, oh, that's quite a nice name. She never told my dad this, like that's where it came from. But as soon as she posed it to him, he's like, yeah. I dig it. I that's dig unreal. It. I love it. <laughs> and the truth but came that's out That's our years little later. secret. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so actually on that, I didn't have that on my list of questions, but it just raised a thought. In terms of sound, like language obviously being a huge component of sound in the way that we experience the world, um, you know, obviously English is such a different language to Greek. I mean, every language is contained. There was actually this wonderful quote um, that I read recently talking about, you know, um, in um, have you read Braiding Sweetgrass? No. Really wonderful book. You'd love it. Um, Rachel Wall Kimmerer. Um, and it's uh, about uh, American, Indigenous American um, traditions and all this sort of stuff. It's amazing. And she talks about the loss of language um, and how much is contained within language. It's not just words. It's not just descriptions. It's not just calling, you know, water, water or aqua or something. It, it actually contains so much more than just the word. It's It's everything within that culture and how that that particular thing is in that culture so can you speak to that in terms of greek stuff like there is there any things in greek that you just you can't possibly translate to english because it's just i remember speaking to an italian friend years ago and going what does the word allora mean because it's like my favorite italian word and she's like oh it's really hard to explain she's like it's kind of like so or well or um you know she's it, she's like it just yes. does you can't really explain it I just love That's that idea. Right. Do you know what, Phoebe? I love that you have actually asked me about this because language is so subjective mm. and, and not just to the culture but to your own personal history and your experience and the traumas and everything in the model of the world that you have is really shaping the way you perceive words and therefore speech and therefore even what someone is telling you you're already creating a story within your own head that could be quite unrelated to what they're even saying. Hmm. Um, So for me, definitely language has had a big impact on me, um, especially Greek language. There are words like opalakia. Everyone would say, Adriana, what does that mean? And I said, oh, it means so many things because really it's the cute way of saying opa. And opa in the Greek language, and opa, you know, is used in so many languages by the way but in the greek language we use it to express various things so for me in the show i used it to express the euphoria that you feel mm. so you know when you hear a good song you're like opa mm. but you can also use the word opa or opalakia when you're about to fall over you're like oh opa <laughs> like hey oh i think i do right? that actually i think i naturally do that <laughs> So it's like, I would say it's closest to like, hey. So like if you hear a good song, you're like, hey, hey, uh, mm. kind of thing. Or if you're about to fall, you're like, oh, hey. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it is hard to describe and there's definitely those words. Um. But also I must say being Greek in the best of ways has really helped me express myself in a really clear 
and captivating way. Mm. I feel like this is my strength. I think my voice, especially on radio, um, definitely stood out because, you know, I can't tell you how many times people say, where were you born? Where did you grow up? I'm like, mm. yeah, mate, in Melbourne. Like, what do you mean? They're like, you have a very particular accent or like a twang. There's something going on. Yeah where you are speaking just that little bit different to everybody else. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe because my dad was Greek, did I subconsciously pick up on that? I'm not quite sure. But with the full expression of being a Greek woman, you know, it's so embodied. You use yeah. your hands, you you project, you, you know, you say things in this really expressive way where people are truly captivated by what you're saying. And so I really felt like that translated, even though people couldn't visually see me mm. on the radio, just having that way of expressing myself, it still came through in that audio way. And then even better when I'm DJing or, you know, speaking on that microphone, mm. then you get the visual component. And I really believe that's because of my Greek upbringing and I'm so thankful for that because it's just adding that next layer to that speech to that expression and that's what I love about it it's like that the intention I was talking to someone else about this yesterday about the idea of um the intention behind the music as a musician you're you're singing or you're playing or something but if there's no intention behind it um, or no intent behind what you're trying to create. I'm trying to create a sad song. So this is how it's going to, you know, this is this is the the feeling behind the notes or the music. And it's almost like that, like your Greek heritage comes through in the words and in the the mannerisms and the the hand, the gestures and everything. It's almost like that that lens that it's coming through. Yes. What a great way to say it. It's mm. a lens. Yeah. Definitely. It's like being funneled through this lens and and kind of being not distorted but like shaped mm. in a way that's then projecting out in a whole other fashion. Exactly, exactly. And you do have an incredibly gorgeous and um, very distinctive voice as per my little girl who always hears you on PBS and she'll only hear like a little snippet of an ad and she'll be like, Mama, it's Adriana. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Stella. Honestly, you've raised a real life angel she is just the most beautiful girl we hung out recently and I'll do that any day of the week <laughs> actually she did I was gonna save this to last but given that we're on the topic of styles um she did actually I said I told her I was speaking to you today and she's like really and I said did you want to ask Adriana a question she goes yes mama so her question to you are you ready are you prepared it's not elephant related but she wanted to know what is your favorite song Oh, Stella, you asked me the hardest question. <laughs> no, we can come back to it if you want. <laughs> Firstly, I don't know what any song is called. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. I, I said to her, I said, I, song I'm names. pretty sure it's not anything from like Gabby's Dollhouse or, or you know, any of the shows that you watch, sweetheart. <laughs> it's not. Look, it's been a while since I've watched The Wiggles. Um, but look, Stella, to answer your question quite honestly, I do not have a favourite song. Mm. I don't think I ever have. I'm a Gemini. I like variety in my life. I am forever <clears> changing. <throat> I mean, such is life. I've never held on to a song. If I have, it'll be for nostalgia, but even then I wouldn't call it my favourite song. Mm. Um, my favourites are constantly cycling, especially in this fast-paced world of DJing and radio. Mm. I just churn through so much music that I definitely have my favourites that I'm playing, that I'm listening to over and over. But then I'll find a whole new lot of new music and then I continue to go along with that. So, yes, Stella, I'm sorry, but I don't have a favourite Okay, song. that's all good. She probably doesn't either. <laughs> so she has an epic selection of um, favourite songs and I'll tell her that. I'll say she doesn't have one. Sorry. Oh, so actually, yeah, that's a really good question. Actually, what is your earliest memory of music? Like, do you have like a, you know, oh, I remember this, or do you have a really early memory of connecting with music? I think I definitely always connected with it. And I also loved to dance as a young child. And <laughs> with this TV unit that had like these glass panels on the doors. And um, I would just look at myself through those glass <laughs> panels. <laughs> 
reflection. Amazing. And like be full dancing like I was in a video clip and I thought I was so good. Brilliant. Um, I would definitely say that's one of my earliest memories of me and music. <laughs> Amazing. What songs are we talking? Let's let's hark back. Ooh. You're doing like a bit of an end sync kind of move there going on. Definitely like, yeah, that 90s hip house, um, you know, just dance floor stuff from the 90s because, God bless, back then you'd watch video hits every Saturday and Sunday. And so it was actually a part of my upbringing, mm. watching music for a few hours every morning. Mm. You know what? That would have really shaped a lot of us kids. Oh, totally. Did you used to tape them as well too, like with a cassette or was that past? No. See, I used to get my sister's like tape deck and actually sit in front of video hits or rage or whatever and when my favourite song would come on, I'd be like quickly hit record and dub it, you know, on a tape. And inevitably someone would come. Yeah, and then someone would come into the living room and I'd be like, shh, shh. Oh, so that was like recording what was happening externally. Yeah, because you obviously weren't connecting it to the TV. No. So you were just doing like a live recording. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right up in front of the, the TV. This is the musician in you. Old, old. Oh, I love that. <laughs> love it. I mean, I recorded from the radio. I did that definitely. Yeah. And then, you know, you buy your CDs and mm. you look at the lyrics. I'm so glad that we have those memories mm. because – all these younger generations have never experienced that before where you had to really commit to the songs that you loved in order to learn those lyrics and hear them time and time again. That's it. And no Shazam to find out instantly what the song is or, and, you know, immediately be able to get it and go, cool, love the song, quick, add it onto my playlist. That happens within a split second. So actually I didn't have that on my list of questions, but how do you feel that that kind of, that kind of relationship that we have with music you know, how is this shaping? Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? I mean, the from a musician perspective, it's unreal because, you know, rewind 20 years and I would have needed to go out and actually get a record label behind me. I mean, I've, I work with labels, but they're all sort of smaller labels and stuff. I would have had to actually go out and get, you know, really low chance of actually getting a, a record deal because you're dealing with big majors who want to, you know, invest lots of money into you and stuff to even get your music heard overseas, whereas now I've got people listening to my music all over the world. But the question is, are they connecting with it on the same level as back then when someone would discover you on the radio, go out, buy your CD or your tape or your record or whatever, and then listen to it over and over and over again and know all the lyrics, not that my music has lyrics, um, but know it inside and out. That's the question. It's such a... I feel like you answered that question right there. I think definitely it's great for exposure but whether or not people are connecting to it is a different story because as I even just said before there is so much music that we are listening to Mm. that it's so easy to move on to Mm. the next and so you're not deepening that connection to the music I mean it's kind of like dating apps to be honest it's just like everything is so superficial and surface level these Mm. days and so I feel like Yes, you can be intentional about it and you can deepen that connection if you choose to, especially if you are finding that you're resonating with that piece of music. By all means, you might have this desire to look up that artist, to Mm. hear their discography, to play them on your radio show and all of that because there's something that is really resonating with you on a deeper level. Um, But I think that's such a personal thing and who knows how many people are going through that experience. But for me, as someone who works within the industry, I think, yes, there's pros and cons, but I'm so grateful for Shazam personally because (laughs) that's how I find so much of my music. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to bash Shazam, that's for sure, because it's really allowed me to diversify what I listen to and what I play. Yeah. Um, Because I find for me, Again, I need variety in my life and I think if it was just up to me digging, I don't know how much variety I would personally find. Some people argue that that is how you find those rarities or those songs that you wouldn't ordinarily listen to. But Mm. I feel like that's definitely possible even through the World Wide Web. Mm. And thanks to the World Wide Web, I must say, 
I am so happy because I have made so many beautiful friendships mm-hmm. through Instagram, through SoundCloud, because I had this nudge to say, hey, I really love that mix. Hey, I love your song. I'll always be that person reaching out to just say how it is that I feel. Mm-hmm. And because of that, genuine connections have formed. And through that, organically now, years down the track, they're saying, hey, Adriana, would love to have you play. And so now I'm going to Europe mm-hmm. and I'm playing with all these people in the most organic of ways. I didn't seek it out. I haven't been overly trying. Mm. This has all happened in the most divine way because of the internet and establishing those relationships in advance and then going along with my journey to see, oh, she's playing with that person. Oh, she's playing this. And so it just all naturally happened. And so that is where I have to say, God bless the internet. No, totally. And I think that's the thing as well too. You're actually using it in the taking it beyond that surface layer that's the thing you're actually genuinely connecting with people through this tool that could be incredibly superficial if you do just take it on that that surface layer but you're actually the one actually taking that that extra step and actually reaching out to people and going this is a person behind the the profile or whatever and actually really connecting with people yeah because so many people don't even realize how great they are doing Because a lot of us just, we think it and then we don't say anything. Mm. And so I just think I owe it to that person to be like, hey, you're doing an amazing job. Or as Chris Jenner would say, you're doing amazing, sweetie. (laughs) (laughs) So with, with sound, I was interested to know, how it is that you, whether it be when you're DJing or whether you're doing a radio show or even when you're just going through life, like driving your car and listening to music, or it doesn't even have to be music, it could be walking and hearing birds or something. How do you experience sound? How does sound affect you? I think sound is definitely so subjective. And so you're, you're constantly hearing sounds all day long. But when there's something that hits you on that heart level, that is when I have my biggest reaction like if I hear a song that is just out of this world it just drives this reaction within me where where I need to find this song I need to learn more about the artist you know I might even have the desire to find the song and then boom I'm on my decks and I'm playing it out loud and and having that tangible attachment to it as well that's what I love about DJing. It's not even just listening. It's bringing that kinesthetic element to it as well. Mm. Um, but beyond music, I'm a big sucker for birds. I love the chirps of birds. I love nature. Like right now I'm looking outside my window and it's just so green and I feel so blessed to be alive, to be a human, to be given this gift mm. that is life. And to realise that you are this little speck, a part of this much bigger universe, Mm. and to be reminded of that because you hear a bird chirping is the most beautiful thing. And it's like, I am you, you are me. Like, we are on this earth together, baby. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes just that little bit of sound to remind you of that. So that's where I feel so blessed that we have this gift, this sense, I don't know what life would be like without it, Mm. and that is one of my worries. That's why I wear earplugs. But sound for me is definitely an all-body experience. Mm. But I would say mostly it's that resonance within the heart Mm. um, where I know the sound is hitting me on a whole different level. It Like truly, you're feeling it within your heart space and you feel this immense love for whatever it is that you're hearing in that moment. And that is where I just think this is the most incredible thing. It's almost like that resonance, the sympathetic resonance between the particular music or that vibration and your heart space. And then when you pass it on to someone else, be it on on a show or, you know, in a DJ set or something, you're hoping to therefore pass it on again. It's almost that reciprocal, you know, literally pass it on. 
bang on and can I just say like yes I love music but I'm not listening to it every single day I actually love quiet <laughs> I, I love silence I love it so much this is why I live on my own and I have nothing on you know as soon as I moved out of mom's I'm like oh my gosh I have so much peace and quiet now this is amazing I'm not yeah. hearing her on the phone all the time you know but what I love about DJing and radio and throwing events is truly using music to connect with people. Mm. That is where I feel like I am actually making a difference. That is where I feel fulfilled and that is where I truly feel so much joy because it's going beyond the self and now you are a part of something greater than you. You are creating community. You are creating connections. And those relationships to me are so important. And if I can get even just one person to feel what I felt when I first heard that song, that is where I feel like my job here is done. Yeah. So that's what really drives me with music. It's the people more than anything else, more than the digging, all of that. Yeah, that's a part of it. But for me... The delivery is such a huge element because of that connection, because of stirring those emotions within a person that they might not have experienced if I hadn't played that piece of music or blended it with that other song. And so, yeah, that's all i got to say. And on that as well too, it's almost like you're helping create these amazing memories. Like, I mean, we all, you know, both of us, anybody, I'm sure anybody listening to this and anybody in the entire universe would have at least, you know, one example of hearing a song and it instantly transporting them back to a time and a place. And that it's just the power of that is just so incredible how it is that we can we can literally time travel back to that exact moment. And suddenly, you know, I see it with um with my husband, you know, you'll chuck on some 90s or early noughties like dance track and he'll just suddenly start dancing like a 20 year old, like it's the funniest <laughs> thing ever. And it's like he's back there. He's back there at some rave at the docks or something dancing like an idiot. And it's just incredible how music has that power. You turn the music off and then he'll just be back to regular, regular dobes. But it, it, it's, <laughs> it, is, um, it is amazing how that, that has that amazing effect on people and you're creating these experiences. That's right. <clears throat> That's right. And, you know, you can't, it's not just about going back in time. You can also use music to project into your future. That's what's cool. If you use mm. that same science, because if you think about it, a memory is a thought. And so when you trigger this memory, what it's doing is it's activating that same neural pathway that was first created when you formed that memory. Mm. So what happens is you have the memory, it activates the same emotion that you felt in that moment that you first heard it or you first had that bodily sensation. And then that is what's recreating that whole experience for you. Mm. So what you can do is, you can visualize your future with a particular song, mm. right? And so you are in advance creating these pathways within your brain. And so whenever you hear that song again in the future, you are strengthening that pathway over and over and over again. Mm. And so that new reality doesn't even feel unfamiliar anymore to you. In fact, it feels like you're already living it because the brain doesn't know the difference between your imagination and what's real so you can be creating these stories within your mind and visualizing the future that you want combined with the song and then you are starting to act as if that is your reality wow and so that is where, where i said when i visualize i really tap in when i hear voices in my mind or i'll put a certain song on mm -hmm. and then it's like whoo we are going on a whole other level. We are activating something else. Yeah. And so that is where music is just, again, so sensational. That is so, that is incredible. And why why music? That's the thing. Why, you know, why is it that this has this magic potential of doing this? I mean, I suppose. I scent, mean, why? They say, they say scent right. does as well too. You know, you smell cut grass and it takes you back to being five years old in your grandparents' garden or whatever. But. Yeah, it's it's incredible, isn't it? It's like maybe tying. It's that's the thing. It's tying a, a, a sense to the the neural 
pathway or something. I don't know. Yeah, look, I'm not sure by the exact science with that, so mm. don't quote me. Mm. But, you know, when you see people have dementia and mm. they don't remember, you know, who their family is, but then they can play on the piano as if no time has passed at all, that is where I am just shaking my head and thinking, what on earth, how healing, how powerful is music? Mm. Like how how have we been blessed pardon me, with with this amazing thing. There's a wonderful quote uh, quote from um, the book by um, Hazrat Inayat Khan, which is all about the mysticism of sound. Have you read that? No. Oh, you should. I'll give you the details afterwards. Yeah, Hazrat Inayat Khan. It was written about, I think it was written at the turn of the century, the 19th or the 20th century, Um, and it's still so pertinent. It's incredible. And he talks about um, the soul is sound before it's before it's incarnation the soul is sound and this is why we love music because before oh, god bless isn't that beautiful that's beautiful and i totally relate to that to that description or understanding mm. it just makes a lot of sense yeah it really does yeah awesome so on to the other work that you do life coaching and speaking and all this wonderful stuff. And the thing that really stuck out in my head when I was rereading your bio was this idea that you're taking people towards an authentic life, their authenticity. And I think you, you know, the handful of people that I know um, personally are just such an embodiment of that. Um, And, you know, your entire life journey, I feel like, has just been getting more and more and more authentic and more and more Adriana. Um. So how how exactly are you doing that? How talk me through this? Talk me through what you're doing these days with that sort of work. What a big question. Mm. Like you said it's an unfolding. Mm. It's constantly becoming more and more who you are, which means shedding who you are not. And so I had to learn the hard way that oh, I am not all of these things that I was taught that I was, you know, I am not all of my conditioning. I, you know, even before how we're describing the identity, you know, I am more than my Greek culture, you know, Mm. first and foremost, I am a spirit. Mm. And so the more I deepened my understanding of my soul and started to pay attention to its whispers and started to connect with something larger than myself, the more I realised that this is who I need to be listening to. Hmm. Not all the beliefs that I have ingested along the way that tell me this is acceptable, this is successful, this is um, appropriate, this isn't appropriate, all of that has been taught to me and I have to decipher what I believe to be true and what I believe to not be true. And that only comes through self-inquiry. And so this is where we keep mentioning it's so important to have that relationship with self and to create the space to truly listen and hone in and pay attention to what is going on in here, in the heart. What is my soul saying? And so what I've been doing is following that curiosity so, you know, even with music, oh, I'm curious by that song. And then that leads me to another song and it goes on and on and on. Same with the things that I'm curious about in life. You know, I'll p- pick up a book and in that book I will read the most insightful things and gain so much wisdom which then allow me to pass on that wisdom to all the people who follow my Instagram or to the people who are coming to my events. And so that curiosity is lighting up the way. It is guiding me. It is my my guiding star, so to speak. Mm. And so through that journey, I've become so much more empowered because by becoming more and more authentic, you realise who is meant for you, who is not meant for you. You also realise what type of work is truly fulfilling and meaningful and worth the attention and the energy and the devotion. And so the more I've trusted the journey 
and trusted myself truly, the more rewarding my life has become. Mm. Because now I am actually making a difference. Because now I'm actually learning what my strengths are. You know, I've said before, my strength is my voice. Mm. What can I do with my voice? Where do I feel lit up? You know, radio and DJing have prepared me for the stage. They have prepared me to talk and talk and talk and not need anyone to talk back at me. It's okay. I'm used to the monologue now. I'm used to captivating an audience. I, my life, my life's journey has been preparing me for this moment. Mm. But I only realized that because I took the time to, one, ask the questions, to follow the curiosities, and to give myself permission to do those things. Most of us do not give ourselves the permission to simply be ourselves and live the life of our dreams Mm. because we take on that conditioning. We want to be accepted. We want to feel loved. We want to be a part of the group. But if you have the bravery and the courage to say, I'm going to do me despite other people who might not get it, you will find your people. Mm. And by being on this journey, I have created an amazing community and I have been so surprised by how many people from music that have come along with me Mm. into this more spiritual realm of thought. And I never, ever would have known that if I didn't take the leap of faith and I didn't put myself out there and create that Instagram page. Mm. Because when you're at a club gig, you're not getting deep with people. It's all surface level conversation. And I love those conversations. But by trusting the journey and actually taking the actions I have fostered relationships that never could have happened otherwise. Mm. And for that, I'm so glad that I'm on this journey to authenticity. I'm on this journey to living my purpose, embracing my dharma. And because through personal experience, I know how wonderful and fulfilling and rewarding that is, I want other people to feel that and experience that. I really believe this is why we're here on earth. I believe we are here. Our soul is here to learn who we really are at our very core. Mm. And that means going through life and all the hardships, all the obstacles, all the amazing stuff to teach us this is who I am Mm. and this is who I could be. And so I think life is the most precious thing. I just love it so much just talking about it, thinking about it. I'm obsessed. Like I just think how on earth did something out there give us this gift of simply existing? Yeah. We didn't have to exist at all. How on earth were we given this gift? What made us so worthy of being here? And when you think like that, you can't waste any more time no, exactly. just dawdling and existing. It's like we've got one shot at this life. Exactly. My goodness, let's give it our best because when we die, we want to look back and say, I did it, baby, I did it. And you don't want to look back and say, oh, I never took that risk. And go th- for it. The thing is time does speed up. It speeds up. The weeks go by quicker the older you get because it's, I mean, it makes sense. It's a, you know, smaller or a, large, a smaller proportion of your life, you know. A week for Stella who's only five and a half is an eternity versus me, whereas a week <laughs> of my life is literally nothing. Um, so it does go faster. So it's kind of like if you don't start now and you just continue, oh, I'll just continue along with the status quo and stuff. Before you know it, 10 years have passed and you're just like, shit, what did I just do? So... that's right and and speaking of it's never too late no never too late to live your purpose it's never too late to follow your Mm. heart's desires and this is where we are all at different stages of the awakening process and Mm. some people you know they might be 50 years old some people might be 80 years old but you know it brings me to tears nothing makes me cry more than Mm. seeing people who are actually living their purpose and who are using their gifts. You know, I was watching that Lego show, Lego. Lego <laughs> you mean Lego movie or the building Lego one? Masters. Oh, Lego okay. Masters. Yeah. I haven't actually seen it. I, would, I actually cry watching <sighs> that because I see these people, mm. it, it, it's so niche, they're building Lego and you see them lighting up inside and you see them going through the challenges and the obstacles, but what they come up with at the end is so worth it 
And to some other person, that might be like, oh, that's so trivial and so mm. unnecessary because that's what the world does. We love to box people in and rank what's successful and what's worth it or not. Mm-hmm. But if that Lego is bringing so much joy and fulfillment to that person, God bless that Lego. Like mm. I am crying seeing how much these people get out of that experience. And I really wish and hope that everyone can enjoy that and experience that in this lifetime. No, 100%. So I know we've already touched on this briefly, but I just really want to touch on, um, you know, you mentioned the the way that sound is able to heal people in terms of, you know, people with dementia being able to remember things through the force of music. Have you had any other experience with music in terms of um, as a, you know, on a healing level? I mean, I, I'm assuming you feel the way that I do in terms of how, how healing and transformative music can be. Um, have you had any experience with those sort of things? Mm. I think one of the most potent and deepest experiences I've had with music and forgive me if I tear up now Mm. um, was when my dad had his final days and he was in hospital and he was unconscious but I would play him music I'd play him all of these beautiful Greek songs that I know he loved so much and I think a big part of why I love music is because dad always had it playing. You would hear him driving from all the way down the street, coming to the driveway because it was blaring that loud. Mm. And so for me, I felt like it was just so important to play that music to him. Yeah. And there were these little signs like through the titles of the music or the lyrics of the music that just made me feel like his consciousness was communicating through the song. So even though he couldn't speak to me in his final days, on another level, I felt like we were still talking to one another through that sound. Mm. And so um, I've never really spoken about that before, but Mm. you just triggered that memory. And I would say that's probably one of the most transformative experiences I've had, I would say. Thank you for sharing. And to this day, you know, Yes, still, still, you know, those signs come through music to this day. And so, yeah, I think it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that because it's only fairly recent. Yeah, it was, what, three years ago, two years ago? Two years ago, actually, two and a half years Mm. ago. Yeah. But, um, yeah, God bless him. Love him so much. Yeah, and he, I'm sure, is looking down on you and feeling exactly the same way about you, my love. So it's... um. So powerful. And the fact that um, I'm not sure whether you've heard this statistic, but the fact that the the dying brain, when it's un- completely unresponsive to anything else, can still hear sound for up to, I think it's two or three hours after it's com- the body's completely. Wow. Yeah. So those final moments, oh. those final moments, you know, if you're there playing the music or telling your loved one that you love them, they're hearing that. Their, their spirit is actually being encoded with this information. I believe that and I believe even beyond those three hours, I think they're always listening Mm. to us, always around. And so I still speak to Dad, just believing, just Mm. believing he's here. I mean, what's the worst? I'm just talking to myself at the end of the day. But, hey, if he could potentially be there, why not continue that relationship, you know? Exactly. Because he's talking to me through signs, uh, whatever sign he can think I might pick up on. So I feel like, well, I should continue that dialogue and say my little bit to him as well. Do you see him in animals? Do animals pop up for you? Sometimes through birds. Like Mm. if I go visit him at the cemetery, you know, Mm. a bird might fly at that very moment past me Mm. and that's where I feel like, oh, he's telling us he's here. Mm. Um, But usually it's he used to do these crazy things and it's always if I'm really upset. It's like this comfort thing being like, Adrian, it's okay, you know, mm. I've got you, I'm here. Um, through sound, actually, he's communicated through fire alarm, the smoke wow. alarm. Like no smoke, there's absolutely no smoke, the battery's not low mm. and the alarm is just going off. Amazing. For no apparent reason. Um, the oven, again, the oven timer, never used it in my life, 
the other wasn't on just went off so those little mm. things i'm like hey come on like you can't make this stuff up mm. there is like you can't even put an explanation to no. some of the things that have happened no so there you go see again using sound which is just incredible that's it and it's interesting that you say that um about the messages as well too um i lost my dad 14, almost 14 years ago. I haven't had any sound-related stuff with him, very much birds. He His na- his nickname was Willie and so um, we, very shortly after he died, Willie Wagtail started visiting us and we would always laugh and <clears throat> that's what that tattoo is on my wrist, actually two little Willie Wagtail feet for my oh dad. Oh, my but gosh. So Willie Wagtail's the, the – so birds are very much intrinsically linked to my dad. Um, but with the sound thing, um, Geraldyn Glass, who I interviewed a couple of episodes ago, she talked about um, incredibly tragic loss. Um, she lost her son when he was, I think, I think he was only about 20 years old from memory. Um, we did the interview quite a few weeks ago. And she said the night that he had died, um, she was sitting down in downtown LA where you usually can't see stars at all. And she saw this huge bright shooting star, which normally would never happen in LA because there's so much light pollution. And she actually heard his voice as the star went over, which is just, yeah. And she hears him all the time. She's very much guided by him. Gosh, I so believe that. I think the more you believe, the more you see, yeah. the more you hear. Yeah. You know, it's not, it doesn't go the other way around. That's what's so, this is what's so amazing about the universe. Mm. You know, we as humans want to see to believe. You know, we need mm. we need tangible evidence, especially mm-hmm. in the science world, which I understand, like, this is how we've gone on to create theories and, and we need the evidence to support our hypotheses. But when it comes to these bigger things in life, in order to see it, you've got to believe it first. Yeah. And so I think this is why the universe is constantly throwing us opportunity after opportunity to test that faith, to be like, hey, like, are you okay to let go? Because if you can surrender, if you can trust, if you can have faith, you will actually then see this better thing that is coming. That's it. And and, but we are so attached to what we can hold on to and what we can see in front of us, mm. it's really hard to have that faith Absolutely. and believe that maybe there is something else out there. And it's like all these ancient teachings, you know, 1,000, 2,000-year-old teachings in the Vedas, um, for example, which then, you know, thousands of years later, oh, wow, they're proved and it's now called astrophysics or something and it's like, all these Indian sages back and the yogis were like, yeah, we were saying this thousands of years ago because they just believed it. They didn't need to go out there with their instruments and their scientific things. And I mean, science is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that for a second, but it's almost like we in the West, we have to, we absolutely have to, you know, prove everything with science. Whereas back then they just, yep, we believe this is, you know, this is, this is how the world is. This is how the world functions. So. Yes. And science still has so much work to do. You know, we didn't know electrons existed mm. until we had the electron microscope. Doesn't mean they weren't there before. They've always been there. Mm-hmm. And so just because we can't prove something now, it doesn't mean it's real. And we've also mm. got to remember, we only have five senses. We only have so much technology. Mm. And so we are limited to a certain degree. And so this is where faith is filling in all those blanks because, yeah, you believe that there is something that mm, through logic I can't really explain, but I know there's an inner knowing that this is real. Mm. Wow. Wow. I think that's an amazing place to actually wrap it up. You have shared so, so much today, my love, and thank you so, so much for being so incredibly generous with your time and with your information with everything it's just as always I love chatting with you and it's been nice to actually have a dedicated chat today and I'm so excited to share this with everyone so what is next for you what's coming up you mentioned the European European tour when's that happening it's soon isn't it that's right in less than a month I'm so excited I'm going to Paris to play two shows. I've got mm. a little festival in Tuscany, then I go off to London. Uh, I just think how lucky am I to have this job that brings me to the most beautiful of places, connects me with the most beautiful people. Um, I don't know what to expect 
my hopes are high, that's for sure. And I just think at the end of the day, I'm having a great holiday. So if yeah. I get to play some music along the way, fantastic. So that's what's coming up. I've also got some events again in the self-help space coming up. I've got another speed dreaming event, which is basically um, dedicating time, kind of like in a speed dating way where you can speak to other like-minded people Mm. about your dreams. Uh, The first one was really successful. People absolutely loved it. So keen to bring that back when I Mm. returned from Europe. And then I've got some other cool things coming up. So yeah, stay tuned, follow along because there are some really awesome things coming up, yeah. which I'm really excited for. And where can people find you? The one, the only Adriana. <laughs> <laughs> they can find Adriana Lazaridis on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my handle. Uh, Phoebe, you might want to type that in the show notes, I will. however. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> And you can also follow my music Instagram, which is a lot easier to find, and that is good luck to your dad. And I've never actually asked you where that came from. Good luck to your dad came from. Oh, it's a little story. I don't know how funny it is now, but basically um, this healer found out that um, my sister is an Aries and my dad was a Gemini. Mm. And she's this really softly spoken Italian woman. And she's like, oh, Good luck to your dad. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and my friends and I just found that so funny. Mm. And then it just became this big, big joke and I adopted it. And then through that, now all of my aliases, if I play at bars or whatever, they're always like dad related. So, oh. you know, Rich Papa, Papa Rich, Papa Louie, you know. So if you ever see a dad name on a bill, it most likely is me, to be that honest. That is hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Good luck to you, Dad. I'm so glad because I've never actually thought to ask you that. And it's, yeah, interesting. Um, and then the final thing is, um, I think I mentioned to you, I've already messaged you about this, um, but the uh, given that, you know, a lot of podcasts have, you know, Patreons and stuff, I'm not trying to do that. What I want to do is sort of shine a light on a particular charity each week and suggest to people that if they do want to, you know, show their appreciation in a financial way, not to send it to me, but to send it to people who need it. Uh, more than more than I do um and so yeah what have you chosen have you chosen something for this week I have um following on from the dementia conversation Mm. that we had before I decided to choose spark of life Mm. which is basically about helping carers see people with dementia with compassion and love and really change the culture around the support that we give people to again who have dementia because Mm. um basically the whole initiative is to bring that spark of life back into those people so that they can get the most out of their final days and still feel like they matter and that they're worth something and um yeah our our family does have a history of dementia and just the thought of yeah of what they go through it's really sad but Mm. to know that they're in good hands is such a beautiful thing and so that's why I decided to choose that charity. Amazing. Spark of life. So there, I'll, I'll put the links and stuff in the show notes as well so that will be people can find them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to catch up and um, we'll have to have another another date in real life sometime soon with, with Stells maybe over the, over the school holidays or something. Maybe we can go out <laughs> bird watching or something. We can do yes. some. Maybe we can play through all of our favourite songs together or something. <laughs> And bring Mez along this time around as well, your German Shepherd. That is um, true. But can I just say this was such a great episode, truly authentic, I must say. Yeah, you know, we went deep, mm. we discussed music, we discussed sound, and I think we are really lucky to have podcasts like this where we can go a little bit left field and mm. and just, yeah, really explore these topics of conversation and you're doing it in the most Phoebe way. <laughs> And I think that's it's the such only a way I know how thing. to do it. <laughs> it's like you, it's like it's but the yeah. only way I know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. But you had fantastic questions, I must say. So I'm really keen to hear your podcast, Super Keen. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. Thank you, my love. And um, yeah, Opa. <laughs> Opa. Wow. I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed having the conversation with Adriana. What a wonderful human being she is. 
And once again, that charity that she chose is the Dementia Spark of Life. I'll put the information in the show notes. As always, please like, follow and share this episode with family and friends. Next week, I hope you'll join us for the last episode of What Is Sound in this series. It's kind of ridiculous, but I'm finally speaking to a musician. I know, the last episode, and we're finally speaking to someone who makes music. He's a wonderful person, and the chat that we had is really special. So I really hope you'll join me then. Meanwhile, keep your ears and hearts open. Open.